New Country 93.1, Goose Renee. Welcome to another edition of the Goose Renee More Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We've been having a great time. Uh, you ever have something that, you know, I don't know, you, you get or you receive or you accept and you're thinking, oh, this is cool. This is great. This is fun. But then unexpectedly, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps coming back over and over. And it just brings you joy every time. Why are you looking at me like that? Because this is not a gift that keeps giving. It's something that keeps haunting is what it is. No, it's most certainly a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Uh, if you missed the show, it was it was Tuesday or Wednesday uh, during the official morning show. Uh, well, it was actually, uh, let me backtrack. It was after the morning show. I had stepped out of the studio and I come back and, and Renee, you were you were quite worked up. Because um, there is something called a spec spot. If a new business opens, sometimes our sales department will send us uh, a script that we have to read for a commercial. Right. And you got one. And, and this, the big boss, the sales manager, asked you to cut the spot. Yes. And um, if, if, you, if you didn't Detroit, hear it, get ready. Uh, Daring Dan's Diner's coming. Home to the most exciting, biting challenges ever created. Delicious, delightful delicacies ready to test your greedy eating. I mean, this just sounds like, like a tough spot. It was terrible. Try to take down the true troop triple piled high with a pound of bourbon butter bacon. You've never tried a place like Daring Dan's Diner uh, before. Let me fast forward. I want to get to the uh, to the good part here. Where is the my favorite part? Oh, here we go. I think it's is it this part here where you get to the. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you find such joy in this. I, I do. I find such great joy in this. Uh, let's let's go. Oh, I'm trying to find the oh the piggy pulled pork pie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This should work. Yeah. Be one of the first ten people to finish our piggy pulled pork pie and get a free limited edition Irish. Ri- oh, that's so hard to say. Be one of the first ten people to finish <laughs> right, our piggy pulled pork pie. Here's the deal. I wrote that spot. Uh huh. I'm the one that wrote it, and I sent it to the boss, and I said, "Hey, email Renee." And here's the thing: that was our sales manager. Now, what happened was our boss, our direct boss, mm-hmm. was out of town for a while. This past week, yep. he was out of town. He didn't hear it when we talked about it. He did not. So when he just came back uh, the other day, I played it for him. The problem is there's a couple like technicalities in there. Yes. And I didn't tell the boss it was fake. I just asked if he had heard it. So I played it for him. And then he starts going into you about the technicality. He starts critiquing the spot, telling me everything I did wrong. So not only is this a BS spot, but so I had to deal with that, wasting my time trying to get through the spot that was impossible to to read. It's basically a tongue twister. Then I get to enjoy it a second time by getting critiqued by my boss for a spot that's not even real. Not even real. (laughs) You're dead to me. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, you're not sorry. You thoroughly enjoyed me getting a talking to on my spot reading ability. You mm-hmm. did. You did get a talking to. You did. It, I, and I kept going. It's not real. Yeah, I understand that now. However, however, I'm like, okay, okay. And you know what the best part is? Is that that's not the only gift that keeps on giving that I'm talking about because what? this is even greater. As I normally do. When something comes up, uh, you know, we try and bring as much of our real life to the show as possible. So if something happens and I want to talk about it, I'll type it in my phone. 
And it, it, I set a reminder for the next day. I put it in my calendar. It goes in my show notes. And uh-huh. I'm like, this is, you know, something we can talk about on the show. Well, yesterday, something came up. And I had this idea. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about this tomorrow morning on the show. Right. And so it pops up on my phone, my little reminder. And I go to read it. The problem is... I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I got fat thumbs. I don't know if autocorrect kicked in, but I didn't recognize what I had typed. What'd you and, type? Well, I typed F-A-U space G-R-O-S. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> now, here's uh, what happened next. Renee is mouthing the words to herself. She's like, because I, I was looking up, I was looking up like, um, I typed in FAU into Google, and it's like Florida Atlantic University popped up. Mm-hmm. There was some machine shop that popped up. Right. I was like, did I miss an S? Like something gross? G-R-O-S-S? So me, by my helpful nature, me wanting to help, as always, because I am a good person, uh-huh. I jumped in with my thoughts and sounding it out, trying to help you, because that's what I do. I help people. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you were very helpful, because mm-hmm. you know what? You're the one that figured it out. And what I typed was Fogwa. <laughs> and I figured that out. Renee was the one that figured it out. She goes, Fogwa. And I think you fe- as you said the words when you got to Wa, you knew what was happening. Fogwa. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Because months ago, we were at it was High Tower High. I, I don't know what it's called now, but it's the the um, restaurant on top of the Renaissance Center. Yes, that once upon a time used to slowly spin. Right, we were up there, and we the were up coachman. there. Yes, we were up there uh, having some cocktails, and they actually had a menu item, and it was fogwa, and they bring you a little skillet of and bread, and it's delicious, and you eat it. And Renee dove in. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. The problem is, she didn't know what foie gras was. Kyle, no. do you know what foie gras is? I have no idea what this is. So, Oh, okay. Um, foie gras is like, it's not necessarily like um, hummus consistency. It's like a pate. It's like a pate or a mousse yeah, a kind mousse. of consistency. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's delish. It's, it's a, decadent. It's a delicacy. Yes. It is not cheap. No. And the reason it's not cheap is because of the way they make it. Mm, how do they make it? Oh, don't, don't, don't. So, fogua is mm. basically fatty duck liver. But the only reason that they have fatty duck oh, liver gosh. is because oh, they take these ducks oh, and, and force feed them. They shove food down their throat and they just keep shoving food down their throat and because they can't process all the food their livers get really fat and swell it's the most barbaric sounding pita in this i i I bet i bet pita has got a problem with fogwa for sure you think i'm sure I just love, because we haven't talked about foie gras in a while, I'm just so happy you're the one that figured out what I typed in my phone. I felt such guilt. I'm not going to lie. It was the most amazing thing that I've ever eaten in my life. But then he said to me after I was done eating it that night, he said, because neither one of us would have ordered it had we known. It was a gift from the restaurant. Right. 
I, I mean, I wouldn't have ordered. I've it. had it before. I'll never so. order it. I can't do that. I just can't. I can't do it. But like, if it's, I can't if it's brought veal. to you, you're diving in. Uh, I'm uh-huh, gonna feel really yeah, bad exactly. about it. Yeah. I won't order veal because I know it's baby calves. Right. Like, I, I'm not doing that either. So he said to me, "Don't." Will you eat lamb? Oh. Yeah, but is that babies? Renee, what are they? Babies? Are they all babies? Lambs are baby sheep. Oh yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you Damn talking? It, I love lamb. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, I love lamb chops. Yes, lamb chops are delicious. Damn. Mm. Yep. Oh, I think I had lamb last <laughs> week too. Uh huh. So you might as well just enjoy your veal and your foie gras. I love some veal scallopini, man. Oh, that's what you do. You no, got I'm not this, doing foie gras. You know what we're gonna though. do? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have ourselves a little pita meal. We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get foie gras as an appetizer. The pasta dish is gonna be veal scallopini, and then we're gonna wrap up with some lamb chops. Oh, oh you're talking to the right. Yes. Oh, we're doing. This is perfect. Yeah. So Goose told me, do not look at how foie gras is made until you get home. Do not do it. Don't ruin this experience. I got home. I and partly it was alcohol. I cried my eyes out in bed. <laughs> and I was like, but it was so good. I felt so terrible. Oh, it's delicious. I can't believe that it's legal. Um, yeah, oh, it's it's legal. And delightful. Yeah. Just, just- Eat it. Oh, no more. It's so Eat more. Awful. Eat it's... more. Oh, you're right. It's it is terrible for sure. Yeah. But... I'm surprised I've never heard of this before because I love like really fatty meats. Like, I'm but it, like... yeah, but it's not a. It's not like it's not like you get a, a fatty steak. It's I... not anything like that. It's Again, like it's a like sweet and savory yeah, it's, dish. It's a it's a mousse. It's like a a a, a paste almost. Yeah, like a pate. Like it yeah. was would that be considered a dessert? Because it was a sweet and savory type. No, it's absolutely an appetizer. Yeah. It, oh. Yeah. So Although good. they've used it as like, you know, like a, I don't want to call it like a steak topping, but like a accoutrement to a, a main yeah. dish. Yeah. Sort of thing. Oh, yeah. it's. Mm. But it's good. It was very good. And so, I feel very um, guilty to, I, to this day. I'm going to do that. I'm going to plan uh, the, we're going to call it the pita party. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Fogois is an appetizer. Oh, why don't we just wear leather pants the via- and fur yes, coats to the now event? now we're talking, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you do what? Talking to people with uh, really cool, interesting jobs. And today, uh, I consider it an honor for our two guests this time. Uh, we've got Kyra Michael. You are the assistant stage manager for Book of Mormon, which uh, just wrapped up at uh, the Fisher Theater downstairs. And uh, Gavin, now, Gavin, you're in the chorus? Uh, I'm actually the technical crew swing. Oh, technical crew swing. Okay. Well, that's uh, just as important. This is great because I'm, I'm even more intrigued because obviously if you've been to a show or a movie, uh, you know what actors do. You know what directors do. This is kind of cool to talk to the behind the stage people. Yeah. So, uh, Kyrie, let's start with you. The assistant stage manager. I was a stage manager once in college and um, there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're kind of, uh, you're keeping every Everyone in check and in place, making sure the time uh, of the show goes off without a hitch. How did you get into this? Um, I got into this. I used to act, but then I was looking around and I just was like, seeing how cool it is of all the factors of like lighting and costume and like everyone that's needed to come together to create like an environment of like to putting on the show. Because a lot of people will see what's going on on stage, but they don't get a chance to really see what's happening backstage and like understand like 
the whole world of like what's bigger than what they can see. Absolutely. So I, I just love it. Yeah. And so uh, you you just transitioned from the the onstage aspect to now the 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 backstage aspect. Yeah. What are the what do you think like the biggest differences are there? Um, wow, the biggest differences, I would say I think it's just like having a better understanding of what you what people do because you can see it, but like you may not necessarily know like all the details and the hard work of like what they're actually doing and like what it takes to really put on a show every night. Like and Gavin can attest to that because like he being the technical swing he literally has to know all the tracks. So, like, he knows all the prop tracks. He knows all the costume tracks, all the wig tracks, like, lighting, everything. audio. Lighting, audio, yeah, everything. Yeah, so let's stuff. talk about that, Gavin. Uh, of course, you've got this live stage show. It's, you know, uh, two, two and a half hours long. And the, the show does not stop. And during that, that, during that time frame, um, you've got, of course, everyone singing their multiple parts, uh, all including, you know, a lot of them have their own microphones. Oh, yeah. uh, you've got the costume changes, the set changes, all the lighting cues that are going on. Uh, there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a ton. And so, I mean, for me personally, uh, so there are certain aspects of the show that, like, are harder to learn just because of how much is going on. but And usually they're the same cross departments, but as learning and how to do them, uh, it's really interesting to see how they like coincide and work mm-hmm. together, like makeups and makeup and props and wigs for some of the things that we do is truly awesome. And so the way that, like, we communicate with stage management, making sure that everyone is safe on stage, making sure that everything is going as smoothly as possible as we are lining up for the next scene Mm -hmm. while the current one is going on, while actors are singing back in the wings, we're making sure things are moving and stuff continues going. I mean, there's there's a lot of times where, uh, you know, especially, again, during a Broadway show where you've got actors and actresses that you may be hearing that you may not be seeing. They're in the wings, and then right behind them, there might be a costume change going on or something. I mean, it is fast-moving. It is unbelievable. Uh, I consider, you know... when you when you look at the aspect of you've got the the technical side, the prop side, the costume change, uh, it's a lot like a football team where you've got the overall team, of course, mm-hmm. but then you've got your special teams and they're doing their thing over here, and you got the defense yeah. and they're doing their thing over here, and you got the offense and they're doing their thing over here, and each one of those has their own uh, you know coordinator, but you all got to come together as a team. Yep, yeah. and it and the only way to get that show on is to make sure that that team runs as smoothly yeah. as possible. And I'll say what's even more impressive as a theater fan, of course, anyone can go uh, to New York City and see a show where a show may sit hopefully for a couple years in the theater. Mm-hmm. And when everyone's done, they leave. But you're here for a week, maybe 10 days in a location, yeah. and then yeah. you rip everything down, <laughs> load it up, drive to the next spot, unload it. In fact, I think... The reason kind of this conversation came about is as I was leaving uh, a last Tuesday, because that was your first show here at the Fisher Building, yes. uh, the, the crew was unloading, and this was at like 11.30-ish <laughs> noon, yeah. and you had an 8 p.m. show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we usually start about 8 o'clock, and as soon as that 8 o'clock marks hit, we had a show 7.30, 8 o'clock sometimes, where we'll do the whole show, and depending on how long we're here... Sometimes that night we'll load out and we'll go do another show at eight o'clock in the morning the next place. Really? Yeah, we've got some of those, but those are those are always the most fun to me personally because like it just shows you how much you can do in a day 
and like and yeah. we bring the same quality of show right. everywhere we go. Yeah. I have to assume like on a like this I was speaking of last Tuesday watching you guys load in. I have to assume things are still happening at 6:37 p.m. <laughs> and there's still plug in certain things in <laughs> yeah, like sure. I, I, you know when, when are you like a hundred percent ready to go is it like 7 59 p.m <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day yeah it depends on the day like there could be times where loading will go like so great and we're like oh we're out of here it's yeah. like 3 30 we're like ready to go sometimes it's like all right the audience is like out there in the lobby and they're getting right. merch and like there's still a few things we need to like fix up and like touch up and do so like it depends on the day and like we have such a great team like truly where we're all there for each other, and it's a it's a great yeah. community we have backstage and like. And and this show in particular, Book of Mormon, uh, you know, I, I've said it many many times to anyone that maybe theater and musicals isn't your you know your thing, so to speak, like Renee. But this is a musical anyone can see. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is yeah. just pure comedy gold uh, with a little bit of heart in it. But <laughs> I mean, it's just full out entertaining. You can't help but have a good time. Um, I mean, I would say, uh, don't bring the little kids. Yeah, may yeah, not be that. a little kid show, yeah. but um, you know, coming from the 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 backstage and technical side, you know, you look at a show. Let's say, like, you know, Hamilton has its set, and you know, they do great with their with their set and a couple of props. They can move in and out. There's a lot of things going on with Book of Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, set changes, a lot of backdrops, and a lot of things that are brought to the stage. Yes. I mean, how do you keep all that organized? <laughs> Especially like as the yeah. stage manager, things are coming off and going on. And, yeah. and again, you're kind of the conductor, if you will. Where it, and so how, how stressful is that? I, it can be stressful at times, especially because when we're coming into these new theaters, we're trying to figure out like, okay, what is our backstage space looking like? And that's like an important key, especially to our deck carpenters. Absolutely. Um, they're just trying to figure out like who is moving things when and where, at what time. And it is, it is like essentially another show happening backstage of like, okay, we're going to move this set piece at this time because we need space for this costume change to happen in the wings. So it's like there's constantly things moving and like progressing of as the show goes on. So, yeah. And so uh, have you... Have you done, you know, looking at your background, have you been a, an assistant stage manager before for other shows? Yes. Yeah, so I actually got involved with the show because I was the production assistant when they were coming back to Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So have you done a show at the Fisher Theater before? Have you been here no, before? I've, okay. I've been to Detroit before, but I've never worked at the theater before. At the theater before. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask if you if you were familiar with the behind the scenes or yeah. backstage area, but no, it's your first time here. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times we're getting into the theaters yeah. and we're just like, all right, this is what we've got. Let's do it. And then and you just work from there. Yeah, we, we get a piece of paper with what, like, we have everything written down, like, what the theater looks like in numbers. They yeah. give you, like, measurements yeah. and yeah. stuff? Measurements okay, and stuff, yeah, but yeah. we really don't truly know what kind of room we have until mm -hmm. we walk in. All right, and so that's where the real crunch time comes when we start organizing how everything is laid out. As one of the, the, the technical guys, um... Give me a little behind the scenes. Although, although you bring pretty much everything with you, and you have your own, obviously sets and lighting and things like that. But what's your what's your least favorite thing about the theater downstairs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish we could bring more people to come see the show. I always want bigger seatings. Okay, yeah. okay, because it's we like. Nothing I mean, I know I, che I checked in, and, and pretty much every show can. was sold out. I yeah, mean, it was, yeah, it was yeah. sold out run. And that's all there is to it. 
Okay. I did notice because I was trying to hunt down the necessary people to arrange this interview. So like I said, I was there on Tuesday and here's the one thing I will say, and no one try this. I don't, I don't feel good about this, but I walked up to the the back door with the, where the semis were and I had my card in my hand and I was asking around like for the stage manager who I can speak to. And they're like, yeah, I think she, she's in there. Uh, maybe the third floor in the, in the, you know, office thing. And so I'm going up the stairs and no one's in the dressing rooms. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be walking around back here. I got to leave, but I got to say that can't be easy with the dressing rooms on the second and third floor uh, yeah. yeah i think the most we've ever spanned was five floors yeah. and that was in i think, I think new york her, up, uh, up near well theater wise yeah, in hershey was, was it hershey yeah hershey we had yeah. we had i think five floors and luckily oh. whenever there's like towers like that in theaters we have by like towers i mean like the towers of like stairs stairs yeah. and dressing rooms right mm-hmm. yep there luckily we have an elevator here which is very nice on our actors oh, okay so, nice. so much during the show and like having to like after doing a crazy dance number and then having to walk up the stairs, if they feel like going back to the dressing rooms, it's like, at least they're like, okay, I can get on the elevator and take my time and get back up. I'll tell you what, there are so many times in Book of Mormon, like, uh, I think one of the big ones is um, uh, one of the songs in the musical is called Turn It Off. Yes. And there's a big tap number that a bunch of the male cast members do. And you can see, of course, it, it garners a, a huge roaring applause because it's an amazing performance and a, and a great song. But you can see them in a group and you, you can watch them. <laughs> and then next, I'm like, how are they going to continue? They, they need to, is this intermission? Because they all need a break. And they just go right go into the next one. The, next song, the, yeah. the conditioning that, that they go through is just unbelievable. I mean, talk about being pros yeah. while you guys are just sitting yeah. there on your benches, <laughs> flipping through your flipping through your books like, okay, on to cue number eight. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, the show wouldn't run without you guys. Uh, wait, what is your background, Gavin? How did you uh, progress through? Did you... Uh, is this always, have you done this in college? Did you just come up the ranks, basically? So uh, I started in uh, high school and went on through high school doing, you know, we had like three, four main stage productions a year. I was always the uh, lighting and audio engineer. Okay. I stage managed a couple times, realized that wasn't for me. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, it takes yeah. a special kind of person yeah. to be a really stage does. manager. Like, yeah. Kyra is absolutely amazing at what she does. So <laughs> you do. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing uh, but, it. You're killing it. But uh, yeah, so I did it all through high school and then went on to college to do it for a little bit. And, uh, I started working in a place called Silver Dollar City. Okay. Yeah, it is a place in Branson, Missouri, where I did like a whole bunch of bluegrass, where I mixed a whole bunch. Oh, okay. There, and then they do a couple smaller shows, stuff for Christmas. And then uh, I was working as a local. So every place that we stop, we bring in local people to help with the shows, like carpenters, uh, dressers, lighting engineers, yeah. dressers. Okay. All sorts of people. But I was working as a local for Blue Man Group. Oh. Yeah. Love that show. Okay. It's it was it was really fun. And then uh so our production manager, Walker, mm. had talked to me and he was like, Hey, would you ever want to go touring? And I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds really awesome. And he's like, What do you do? And I was like, Well, you know, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh great, I have a mm-hmm. perfect position for you on the Book of Mormon tour. And I was like, Oh, are you serious? And so as that progressed, he's like, yeah, you got an 1130 o'clock flight two days from now. And I went, huh? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. threw you into the fire. Yeah. And then I, I flew off to New York because I was originally from Springfield, Missouri. 
That's a bit but of a yeah. change. Yeah. And so jumped right into it and having a blast ever since. That's amazing. All right. Uh, final question for the both of you. We'll go one at a time. Uh, you know, not necessarily if it was if it was Book of Mormon or another show you've done, but as a stage manager, whether it was you or probably not you, because again, being kind of the quarterback and, and, and running everything for the show, when's the last time you had to fix or you saw a flub? Whether it was uh, someone on stage or a technical something went wrong, what what did you be like? Oh, we gotta we gotta fix this. <laughs> <laughs> so as you saw the other night, we have our our number Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Yes, yeah, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Yeah, they have those top hats. Yes, I don't give too much away, but sometimes during that number they'll like lose a top hat, and sometimes they'll just happen to be lingering still on the stage. And not long after that scene, there's a blackout, and my production stage manager is like, "Hey, like, can you run out there and go grab the hat?" And I was like. Sure, why not? So I ran out there and I grabbed the hat. So I was like, she was like holding the lights for as long as she could before we had to bring the lights back up to like. Okay, I thought you, I thought you were gonna say the lights came on oh, while you no. were bending over and picking it up. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, okay, all right, but yeah, okay. I so you dance had to, off stage. You had to run out there. All right, yeah. Gavin on the technical side. When was there a technical flub? Uh, so we have a lot of moving pieces on stage. Yep. Um, and so. One time we were in the midst of like this huge change. Uh, we. And so it is the first transition that we have. And so we're moving a lot of pieces. And so as the swing, I was just kind of watching, making sure that everything's going smoothly. And I look over and I'm like, oh, we're, we're, we're getting close to time. Someone's yeah. got to be behind that platform. And so as, as, as time goes and I'm like, I'm getting behind that platform. So I'm st- I just book it across stage. I'm down army crawling behind. So no one so, sees yeah. you? So no one sees me. All the actors are still doing their number on stage as I am just army crawling yeah. right to our back platform so that we could have everything go as smoothly as possible. But it's just very funny that I'm like, oh shoot, I'm okay. It's t- it's me. crunch time. You it's know, that now. that's kind of the thing. As as a swing, you may not have like one particular job, but you have to know all the jobs because exactly. you have to fit in anywhere you're needed like that. You see, and you and you gotta have your eyes just in the back, you gotta know everything that's going on at all times. I mean, that is not easy. Absolutely. I mean, definitely like we've had stuff that goes on stage that uh, you know, has to be brought back out sta- yeah. uh, back off stage with by certain means. And so, like, we, it's going off stage, and I'm like, oh, it's tangled. And so you right. do the dolphin dive just to make sure that you grab the thing so it doesn't go completely out so we can be able to bring it back. And I'm telling you, it is a— Knowing the small things. It's it's a full-blown orchestra yeah. to put on a production and, you know, all the moving parts and just conducting and make sure everyone does. Because, you know, obviously everyone is a professional, and you hope everything goes smoothly— but you know it's live yeah. theater. That's just yeah. the way it is. Luckily so. enough, we have like headsets on, so yeah, we're all, we we're all always able to communicate. Yeah. Right. So like that's that is really like the key. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Kyra, thank you so much. Gavin, thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, Book of Mormon. I don't think I could recommend a show more. I mean, everyone and anyone over the age of. 13 will enjoy this show, depending on how <laughs> liberal you are as a parent. Um, but James Corden brought his son yeah, in they, LA. Yeah, they did. Well, uh, you know, kids. I heard yeah. that yeah. story. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 11 year old, he's like, I love it. This is like my third time seeing it. So yep. and we were like, all righty. Yeah, then. Okay. we're like, and, you know, in, in case you don't know, I mean, to, to make it as obvious as possible, it's basically from the creators of South Park. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, if you find that funny and you enjoy comedy, uh, you know, again, whether or not you're a musical fan, and this isn't your typical, 
you know, I don't know how to do razzmatazz kind of old school song and dance dance Broadway number. Yeah, Uh, this really is just an amazing show. It's been an honor to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. That'll do it for another episode of Goose Renee's More Stuff Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Brand new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Have a good one. Goose Renee, New Country 93.1.